0: Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body and spirit. Happy Healthy You. And now, here's Connie. Do you ever feel drained from doing too much or just Completely confused by your life. I know I do. Do you ever wonder what the heck am I doing here? What is my purpose? I wonder that almost on a daily basis. <laughs> well, today I have someone who can help us answer those questions for ourselves. She is Veronica Torres. She's a talk radio host, she's been a rock and roll memorabilia store owner, a jewelry designer, she's done all kinds of stuff. She was a director of holistic practitioners, a producer of well-being expos, and she's the author of more than 20 books, including the one we're talking about today which is called Discovering You. And I'll tell you, you're gonna love Veronica because this book is it speaks to all of us in a very human way. In her book, Veronica works with or she really channels a group of higher consciousness beings called Elohim. And she shares one of her favorite sessions with her client Kay, who came to her asking some of these questions, like, What am I here to do? What is my purpose? And I think we can all relate to Kay's question and her feelings of being drained of energy, frankly, at times, living here on this earth as a human being. So, hi, everybody. I'm Connie Bowman. Welcome to Happy Healthy You. I almost forgot to say that in my excitement. And if you're a regular listener, you know that we talk about living a full life, a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. And so I'm so excited to welcome Veronica Torres here. Thank you so much for coming, Veronica, to Happy Healthy You.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be with you today.
0: Oh my goodness. Uh, Your book, you know, when you read channeling books, uh, typically I expect things that are a little more esoteric and really out there. And the advice that your group gave to Kay, your client, was so down to earth and practical and things that I could actually use. So thank you for that.
1: You're so welcome. You know, that always makes me giggle because (laughs) people will say, Elohim is so down to earth. And I'm like, they (laughs) don't even have a body. I, they really focus all their teaching on helping us with our day-to-day life so that we can live our full potential and live the full potential of being human, but it starts with what they call in, what's in our lap. Which yeah. A lot of times it's stuff like Kay was experiencing.
0: Yeah, and I want to get to that, and I want to ask you so many questions about channeling because I'm so curious about it. But first, can you just talk about the transformation? Because I think you touched on this in the book, the reason why Elohim has come to you at this time, and, and I think this is what I've read from many other people, is the transformation of humanity from 3D to 5D and how they're how they're here to help. What is your perception of that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, the way Elohim languages that is they call it the, the the evolution from homo sapiens to homo spiritus. The idea that instead of being driven by the survival instinct and by fear and by, you know, get ahead at all costs, protect what you've got and get more so you feel safe and in control, the idea becomes living consciously. So you know why you do what you do. You don't act from habit or stuck patterns, but you're actually Chooser. They call us choosers. We're choosing our reactions to every experience. And through that choosing process, we're actually creating our reality. That's how that works. People talk about creating your reality a lot. Well, that's done through choosing your reactions in every situation. And when a person is acting from a choosing place and not reacting from built-in habits, well, then that's spiritus. That's evolution.
0: Mm, yeah. So the, in three D reality, we do respond and we react, and we're much more sort of enslaved to the the external.
1: Yeah, I mean the way the way we typically talk about it is that you're just working from habit, and those habits are driven by the desire to stay alive, to survive, and to, to you know keep it going here on Earth. Okay. And, and so when we when we're driven completely by the survival instinct and and by habits and cultural conditioning and all that sort of stuff, it makes it really hard to embrace insight or a ahas or look for a bigger solution or do anything like build a website or, or ask that guy out on a date or yeah. call up somebody for lunch because you don't want to stretch because that could mean rejection. It could mean failure. It could mean, oh, God, now what? And that feeling of, oh, God, now what? The survivor instinct grabs a hold of that and calls that danger. rather than the reality, which is just that it's uncertainty. Everything about life is uncertain. I mean, I don't know how my car works. Do you? (laughs) I certainly can't tell you how my phone works, but I use it every day. (laughs) So we're surrounded by uncertainty constantly, yet we're always being told inside ourselves, and sometimes by our culture, that uncertainty is dangerous instead of opportunity and the place of creativity and, and juicy passions. No, that's what keeps us small.
0: And yeah, so what, it's the most mm-hmm.
1: thing people always ask Elohim for is, help me live my potential. And the answer is almost always, let's look at how you relate to your survival instinct and your habits. Mm. When we change that relationship, then you're free to explore your potential.
0: Mm, that's so basic. That's so basic, yeah. Do you feel like they're here to help light workers? And we might want to give a little description of what that is. But I feel like Kay sort of mm-hmm. uh, represents light workers in her mission to Mm -hmm. help humanity.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think lightworkers are drawn to Elohim's message more because they already have broken out of the habit of just sort of like work until you're 65, get a motorhome until you die kind of mentality, you know? Mm. They've already broken out of that. and They said, I think there can be more here. I think that's kind of the beginning of a definition of a lightworker. I think there's more here. Mm. And then... Mm -hmm. I'm going to look for the more that's here. And I'm going to face what comes up in me when I try something new and all that stuff I just talked about. So, yeah, I think Elohim's work definitely points toward supporting light workers, But there's really a lot of their work that applies to anybody. Sure. You know, just anybody out there trying to feed their kids and... and and enjoy their
0: life. Yeah, it's really true. And the first thing that really hooked me in was the idea of emanating versus giving. Oh my gosh. That mm-hmm. to me was like, I totally give <laughs> and I want to emanate. <laughs> I just want to be an emanator. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little yeah, bit? Because no. Kay struggled course, with that I'd as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'd
1: love to, you know, a lot of times workers, but let's face it, women, Men too, but lots of women out there feel like they have to give and give and give because if the people around them are happy, then they can be happy. And so they drain, drain themselves and they run out of gas. And, you know, it's like, okay, everybody else is doing good, but I'm, I'm pooped all the time. And so this idea of giving as a way to feel like you're doing life right can only last for so long before your batteries are low. But the idea of emanating is this notion that you check in with what the truth of you, we call it the current version of you, what the current, this moment, right now version of you knows is true and real and valid. And then that emanates off of you, like sound moving through the air. It just comes off of you and it affects the people that you expo- that you interact with. And I have a great example of this. Okay. I love this example. It's one of my favorites. So let's say you're walking down the street and across the street going the other way is someone wearing a super cool red hat. And you're like, dang, man, that red hat looks awesome. I don't have a red hat. I think I need a red hat. And you continue walking along and you're thinking, I'm going to get myself a red hat. Now, the lady wearing the red hat doesn't know you exist. But her wearing that red hat inspired you in a very exactly similar way. (laughs) Our emanation of our centered, balanced selves affects other people to seek their centered, balanced selves. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's more of an unconscious thing. The red hat you see across the street, you see with your physical eyes. Mm-hmm. When there's an That's emanation, true. can you explain how that affects? Because I love this subject. Well, this is a great yes, subject.
1: Yes, totally. When you walk into a room where everyone's laughing, you smile. When you walk into a room where everyone's yelling, you're probably not going to be smiling. Mm-hmm. So that's a more blatant version of emanation, right? Because you can hear it and or see it. Mm-hmm. So if you just keep dialing down the blatantness, like we went from the red hat to the yelling and smiling, and mm-hmm. now we're just at walking down the street, not talking, not doing anything specific, but you're offering your balanced centered self energetically to others. Now, here's the thing that's so cool is most people walk around really believing that there's only one way to be in the world. That's survival way we talked about earlier.
0: Sure. When you walk
1: around believing that there's another way to be in the world, you offer energetic alternatives to others. Now, you may never know who picks up on your energetic alternatives and runs with it, yet you're still offering an energetic alternative. And we're doing the same thing right now. Our voices are going out into the world. We don't know who's going to hear them. We don't know when they're going to hear them. Yet our emanation through our voices and our energy—that's going with it—will affect other people.
0: Mm. That's so beautiful. I teach yoga, and I say that all the time. You know, when we come to the mat and practice together, we create this sort of vortex of of light, of love, of beauty, peace, whatever. And we don't know who we're going to affect. I just love that. So. And it's... then,
1: as they leave yoga, they're still giving that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not just the yoga moment. It's their. As they go into the world, they're giving that to to people. just comes off of you. And it's amazing when you start to work with this, how you can see your emanation change relationships when your behavior doesn't change.
0: Ah, yeah. That's,
1: That's a lot of fun. You go into a space. You don't change your behavior, but you check yourself, and you get your emanation straight, and all of a sudden people will what we call match energy with you rather than matching energy with what they were matching energy with. So, if a bunch of people are upset and you come in with a peaceful idea or a peaceful stance in you, that invites people to match energy with you rather than continue to match energy with the upset space. That's emanational. You don't even have to say anything.
0: Mm. Interesting. It's so funny. Yeah, try it out. It, yeah. yeah. I well, it. Well, well, I was I was sitting at lunch today. I'll just give you this this little um, scenario. So I was sitting at lunch, and I was reading your book, and I was jotting down some questions I wanted to ask you. And it was a beautiful day. And this for some reason, this guy I wasn't even paying attention to him. He just he goes. Do you see the way this person parked? And it was, it was just such a negative, snarky comment about some poor persons, probably some older person (laughs) or maybe a younger person or maybe a frenzied person or whatever. And I I immediately went to, I went to a little bit of judgment, but I was like conscious enough about it to stay sort of soft and just kind of laugh about it and and he changed he changed in that very short brief moment of I don't know what he was getting at by even attracting my attention I guess he just wanted to share his frustration with the way people (laughs) park but yeah so I was playing around with it so go that is Mm. such a
1: great example I love that example because if you had gone, oh, yes, I hate when people park like that, then you guys would have had a little err fest, right? You stayed soft. You said, you know what? There's an option to how you're reacting to this. You didn't say it with your words, but you said it with every, every everything else in you.
0: Well, I didn't they want to didn't be preachy, thing. though. I didn't want to be preachy, and I, was, I may have been a little preachy because I don't know. I don't know. So <laughs> I I, it, what I'm saying is maybe you can help me perfect this a little bit more. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Sure. So in that moment, what, what I uh, my immediate reaction was, he is fixing his fears, and you're going to love this. Okay. I'm not sure that it's in this book that you just read, but I love this idea from Elohim. Everybody's just fixing their fears. Mm-hmm. So they're walking around the world having fears and doing their best to do something about it. So having the fear you don't have enough money, you go to a job you don't like, having enough fear that you don't this, you don't that, whatever. So here's a guy looking out at the world. And I would imagine, I mean, my hit on him is that that made him feel somehow encroached upon or disrespected or mm-hmm. reminded him of people who, you know, don't take care of things properly. Yeah. And so he's sitting there feeling a sense of discomfort. He, and, and so we just lump that all into fear. It's just easy to call it all fears. Okay. That, that up balance, you know, state. So he looks out that, let's just assume he felt like that person was disrespectful, taking up two spots. And so he felt disrespected. And so he has a fear. I'm I'm feeling disrespected. I'm letting that person disrespect me by parking like that. So all of a sudden, he's worked up in some way. And he's in some state of fear, we'll call it. And the way he's fixing that is to try to get you on board with his reality. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Say, join me in this. Mm-hmm. You, this is like the Facebook thing, right? People post on Facebook, isn't this horrible? Right. And they get 20 people who say, yes, it's horrible. Yeah. And then they feel like they're justified in thinking it's horrible. Right. So right. in that moment, you said whatever you said, but let's imagine you said, mm-hmm. yeah, I bet that person had a lot on their mind or they, I can't imagine why they would have parked like that. Like you show another perspective, like a compassionate perspective. Right. That said there might be there might be more to the story other than just disrespect here. You could you could have said something like, yeah, you know, when I saw that, I really felt like that person must just have so much going on that they didn't even realize they'd park like that. Mm.
0: And the way you you just put it. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way you just said that, because you also showed compassion for him, which I was I was lacking there. (laughs) I needed a little bit more compassion for him because I was like, okay. What's, what's going on here? Yeah. So I was being judgmental. But I love that yeah. because that gives everybody, everybody their humanity. So I love that.
1: Exactly. And it Beautiful. acknowledges that we're all in this with a lot on our minds and a lot on our plates and a lot of things pushing on us. Mm-hmm. And we're all working on our relationships and survival instinct, whether it's unconscious or conscious. Mm. And so he was working on it, you were working on it, and the person who parked the car is working on it. And in that, my greatest reminder is just just to say, okay, bottom line, we all breathe, and we're all fixing our fears. Mm. So start from there. Then we're all, it's like, some people would call it compassion. right? But a lot of times compassion is mixed up with, I feel sorry for your sorry life right. instead of I acknowledge the humanness of you doing the human thing, just like I acknowledge my human thing. It's like the namaste thing, right? Mm-hmm. I acknowledge that this is going on for both of us. And the, the way I dealt with this is to chicken with myself rather than wonder stories about the other person.
0: Right. Okay. And that's where I loved, like, the, one of the first things I read was, check in with your big toe. What's your big toe doing now? What's your heel doing now? <laughs> yeah. So freaking practical, you know? It's, yeah. I love this Elohim <laughs> group.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, They're really super practical and super funny and, 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 and very much just recognizing, you know, what's actually going on. Let's talk about what's actually going on. They say, focus on what's in your lap. Don't shake shoulders, meaning don't reach over what you got going on to shake the shoulders of another person to try to explain to them. You should be parking better, right? Oh, so, so, you know, Elohim, sometimes people will ask these really super esoteric questions. And so Elohim will huge. be like, so what's your relationship like with your father? We're picking up something with your dad. And people will be like, I wanted to talk about the Atlantic <laughs> Federation. And Elohim's like, "Yeah." We'll talk about the authority figure that's actually happening in your life, because while you're here on planet Earth, do the things that only you can only do while you're on planet Earth. Yeah. And the stuff that's super out there, esoteric, that can be interesting, but often is a distraction from what's happening now.
0: Oh, yeah. Actually.
1: You know, they say when you're at Disneyland, ride the Disneyland rides. Don't be thinking about the rides at some other theme park.
0: It's so simple. It's just and and that that whole <laughs> almost every chapter we do come up with distractions. There's just distractions here, there, and everywhere from where we are in this present moment, which is all. It's everything. I wanna to get to Kay's situation a little bit because she was she was obviously drained when she came to you but she has this passion for finding out why she's here and what she's doing, but she seemed to wanna to jump from zero to a hundred in in like and so you gave her so many different Tools to work with, and and I love that you included all of them in this book, and we won 't have time to go through all of them, but maybe we could go through a few and The first thing that I don 't know if this is a tool, but in Kay's situation, she worked as an actress, which I also do, and so this resonated with me. so you gave that stage analogy, and you talked about her giving giving, giving, giving. maybe you can talk about that a little bit, um, how she you know you don't go to the theater if if they 're playing Hamlet. You're not going to change the play that you're doing because somebody wants somebody wants to see Macbeth. <laughs> you're going to do Hamlet, and you're going to do the best that you can. Yeah. But how many times in our lives, I mean, yeah. I know I've been guilty of that, even with my kids. My kids are growing up, and one wants chicken nuggets, and one wants spaghetti, and I'm like, okay, I'll make spaghetti for you and chicken nuggets for you, and then I'm wiped out and don't have anything left for me or my husband. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: I don't know how this applies. I don't have kids, so I don't know how it applies when you're talking about feeding the kids. But I do know how it applies when it has to do more with stuff between adults, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to give the kid what it needs, what, what he or she wants, or that doesn't eat, right? That's mm-hmm. not good. Sometimes, but yes, yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just I'm sure there's so many nuances to it that I'm ill equipped to address. Yes. <laughs> but, yes, but the the idea here that I love is that we check in. I check in, you check in with what your truth is in this moment, what you have to offer and what you don't have to offer. And then in your relationships with anybody, you speak to that truth. And here's the beautiful thing about that is then you're offering the play that you have to offer rather than waiting for the audience to tell you what things you should offer, right? This Mm -hmm. is an improv. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you also then, your yes can be trusted I've told people, look, I can't trust you unless I can trust your no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because people a lot of times will say yes when they don't mean it. And, and I want to hear a no that, I, that has been checked in with. Because if someone says no and they, it's their truth, then it's just a fact. And we gather up the facts and we work with what we've got. But if someone says yes, yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, I'll give you that, I'll give you that, I'll give you that, and I watch them run down, 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 I can't lean into that yes. I don't want to lean into that yes, because at some point, the battery's empty, and you're going to expect that the yes means they'll do it, but they can't, because they've been giving and giving and giving from an unhealthy place. Sure. So in my relationships with people and I have to teach people this, you know, we just had a we just had a weekend event and and I had to work with one of the ladies that attended and help her understand how this works. Because to me, it's far more valuable for me to ask you and get your truth than it is for me to ask you and get what you think I should get from you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's just better if we both tell our truth, and then we work with what we find we have. And so few people operate that way because they think, oh, I'm supposed to say this, or you need me to say this, or you want me to say this, or I care about you, and if I don't say yes, how, you know, you're know, you going to have a hard time. I don't agree with that. I think that when we speak our truth to each other and we offer asked me can you help me move I need to ask myself can I help her move not just answer out of habit or out of obligation or out of I want you to like me or out of survival instinct I need to check in
0: mm-hmm. and if there isn't that
1: check in process then the yes and the no aren't real
0: mm-hmm. yeah and I, I do think we, we want so much to be liked and accepted and mm-hmm. and so often we do say yes I know I do <laughs> I see,
1: yes. it, you know it's something it's very common it's very common and and until there's that moment that you say what does the current version of me believe is true here you know so many people want to connect with their guides their angels their their channels whatever they want to call it right their non-physical reality their non-physical helpers their soul soul's perspective yet they don't even check in to see what they're physical version of them is all about in this moment mm. and they somehow expect to get their channely version of them online when they're not even doing the first step which is to check in you know so maybe like with the kids I mean I'm stretching because I, like I said I don't have kids but you know one of them wants this one of them wants that check in do you have the energy to make two different meals and and if the answer is no then you say sorry everybody gets McNuggets tonight <laughs> Because I don't have it to give to you, and the great thing is, is when we do that with other people, we teach them how to have boundaries. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, ah,
1: boundaries are amazing.
0: Boundaries are Even important. We don't
1: get run down. We don't—you know—the battery's not gone. Right. You can say, "Ah, I got to refuel now." Yeah. You
0: know. So, yeah, when they came through for Kay, they just gave, like, she got it all, man. She got the whole package. We can't talk about all of them, as I said, because I want people to read the book and, and feel, really yes. f- feel the vibration that emanates from this book, because it, it definitely does. Talk about maybe a couple of your favorite tools that they shared with Kay and how, it, how they helped her. I'd love to do
1: that. Yeah. Here's one that people can start using immediately, like today, this second. I'm tempted to. One of my absolute... Go to go to tools. The idea is that when we react habitually, there's that we you miss that check-in thing we talked about. Mm-hmm. So I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm I'm frustrated, right? You have these automatic reactions. And and the idea is that instead of saying it like that, you just add the words I'm tempted to in front of it. So The orange juice spills on the floor, and you think, oh, I'm so mad about that orange juice. Okay. Or you say, I'm tempted to be mad about the orange juice. When you put I'm tempted to in front of it, it creates a different neural pathway in your brain. You're actually using a new part of your brain than you would have used if you just went straight for that anger emotion. And it gives you that little pattern interrupt that you can go, oh, There's a moment there where I can say, am I really mad? Or is it just sort of a hassle? Or is it, well, I need to clean the kitchen floor anyway, so now I'm down here? Or is it, well, this is kind of a welcome break because now I'm not going to be on the computer? You know, it could be, it could be a million things. But the pattern to go straight to anger can be interrupted with I'm tempted to, and then that frees you up to actually find out how you really feel. Now, you might still feel angry, but at
0: least you check. Mm, hmm. Yes. Yeah. Just checking. I love that one. Yeah, I love that one too, and the one that goes with it also was good. The um, state, the the statement of what is what I forget what, how you phrased it. How did you call it? This is what's happening is now. Short factual statement. Yes. Short factual statement. What is
1: truth? Yeah. So I love short facts. I was going to bring that one up next. so okay. you can Read my mind. Okay. So I love short factual statements with I'm tempted to because sometimes. You put I'm tempted to in, but then you say a paragraph of habit after that. So that doesn't really get the point of the tool, right? I'm tempted to think that so-and-so at work is such-and-such or or so-and-so. You know, you do the whole list that you've been doing over and over again. So if instead you require yourself to make your statements about five to seven words, just really short, factual statements, I'm tempted to feel angry. The orange juice is all over the kitchen floor. I feel really tired. I don't want to clean it now. Okay. That's totally different than this always happens to me. And why am I the one who has to? Why did someone put the lid on? You know, that whole long story. Hmm. And I love to imagine short factual statements as, you know, when you boil up some spaghetti and you drain it out and it's all mixed up in the, in the colander there. Those are all the statements of habit running around each other, and I like to imagine that I've taken each noodle out and laid it flat. So whatever that thing is that I'm thinking about, that I lay it flat and I lay it flat. That's how I always envision short factual statements.
0: Oh, spaghetti! I like Short factual it.
1: statements is also really great when you reply to email,
0: <laughs> and people <laughs> appreciate email it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> four things and reply with short factual statements about it and then you know send it on and see how that changes your everything it changes the energetic it's the emanation thing made manifest mm. Yeah, short factual statements i love them i use them
0: all the time totally totally good and yeah. so when kay started working with these were you, were you able to check back in with her i guess you you were because you wrote the book about her and she she uh was included in the book but did she actually practice and and get better at this and help her mojo come back yeah she's
1: someone I know Mm -hmm. I I, I mean I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of private sessions sure I've only ever made one into a book because at the end of it you know it happened to be an in-person private session and at the end of it we just looked at each
0: other and I went I've got to make that a book and she said I agree yeah so yeah. she gave permission. I don't
1: just write books about people's private sessions. This is the only time I've ever done it. Right. It's the only person I've ever asked. Right. right? But she just—we just looked at each other, and we both knew immediately that it would help other people, and we both wanted to give that help. So yeah. yeah, I know her, and she continues to work with the tools, and yeah, yeah.
0: And in her in her own way, that was her light worker gift to the to the world. She was so anxious to. Spread her light and give her gift. And what a great gift sharing this. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really beautiful.
1: And, you know, on some level, she probably doesn't even think of it that way. She probably doesn't even know that. Mm. She doesn't know you and I are having this conversation right now. So I'll have to remind her next time I see her. Yeah. Because I'm sure that would make her feel like she's done some of her light work or work.
0: Yeah, yeah. So The
1: vulnerability, you know, that, that willingness was amazing.
0: mm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She definitely had that, but I think that's what makes for good actors and artists, just being willing to be vulnerable. So so bravo, Kay. Bravo, Kay. So did she bravo get... Bravo, Kay. Yeah. Right.
1: Standing
0: O. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I, I'm curious, personally, about the connection between doing this work and getting some of our mojo back and, and getting back. Because I, I know when Elohim talked to Kay in the book, you said that she was operating at less than what her her aura was inside her body when it's supposed to be outside four feet surrounding. And she was really low on energy and it was getting to a dangerous point and they wanted her to get it back. So she didn't risk the physical problems that can come with that. So can you talk about how working with this actually facilitates um, that energy sort of reconstruction?
1: Sure. Well, if we're give, 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 giving what Elohim calls unhe- unhealthy service mentality, then then eventually, like we have talked about, the battery gets run down. And then you're giving, you know, from a place that's really hard to give from. So when you stop and check in and use the current version of you, you, you rebuild that battery, you refill that battery over and over and over again. Because what you're doing is, if you just imagine, I, we love visuals, if you haven't already figured that out. Yeah. And I both love visuals. Yes. We always come up with visuals. If you imagine that you're standing straight, straight and tall, right? And and you start to give, and, and so you're reaching out to the world. And then eventually you're reaching out more and more and more. And you're tilting and tilting and tilting. Your back starts to hurt, and your arms start to hurt, your legs start to hurt. It's as though you stand up tall again, and you ground down through your feet, and you reach up through your crown, and you say, okay, what is true for me? What do I have to offer? And then you end up offering your best, or at least, you know, better than the out-of-balance version of you. Your more centered self. So for me, that's the visual I use. It's like, am I off-balance? Am I reaching forward? Am I leaning out of the, the center of me to give here? Or am I standing tall in my truth, emanating and offering what actually Feels, feels constructive for me to offer. So. What feels constructive. Okay. Win, win, or I won't. Right? Win, win, or I won't. Right. That's me. Win, win, or I won't. Okay. Got to be good for both of us. Or What's the point?
0: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Win, win, or I won't. That's good. So when you check in, (laughs) just to clarify this check-in, just for people who are listening. Mm -hmm. Um, I know in yoga, I say this in the beginning of class, check in with yourself, check in with your breath, check in with your any spots of tension. Does it mean doing a physical body scan or how, what does it mean? Is it body, mind, spirit, emotion? Yeah, it can. Okay. It can. Tell us for what me, you do. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. For me, like, like if someone, let's say someone rang me up right now and said, Veronica, you know, my husband's in the hospital. Can you come? I would, even for my closest friends, stop for a moment and say, what's my energy level like? Have I eaten? Have I recovered from the last channeling session I've done? Do I have the energy to offer my balanced self? Because I'm not going to go to the hospital without my balanced self. I might say, I can be there in two hours and then take a nap so that I can bring my balanced self there. So for me, it's usually an evaluation of, how centered I feel in my own energy system, in my own body. But I also do sometimes um, check in with my skeleton system is how it works good for me. Mm-hmm. As if I just really quickly picture all my bones, it really brings me into connection with the moment and with my body. And then I can make a legitimate inquiry. In fact, as an example, a friend of mine, husband, that's why I said that, is in the hospital right now as we speak. And the other day when I found out, I said, man... I know she's driving herself to the hospital today. He went to the hospital. He's going to drive. Is she able to drive? I don't know. You know? And my thought was, the friend who was telling me that he was in the hospital said, well, would you drive her? And I checked in and I said no. But I could call someone and ask them if they can drive her. Because I just recovered from a weekend of channeling and I cannot offer anything to anybody right now except I can help ask for help. That's what I had to offer.
0: Hmm.
1: And This is one of my close friends and I'm I'm sure. not going to I'm not going to offer something that I don't have to offer just cuz we're close friends. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, you, can, you can't drive a car with an empty Yeah, you can't drive a car with yeah, an empty both of gas them. tank. Either one
1: of us should be driving, right? Right. Right. <laughs> right. And I knew that, but I so I had to say, I can't drive her, but I I know two or three people I can call that might, you know, might be available. Mm. So, that's the kind of thing I mean. You know, it yeah. <sighs> And, and it in, requires saying no to people, and like we talked about earlier, you know, having your no sure. mean something, and your
0: yes mean something. Sure, I have some questions, I and I don't know if the questions are are better asked to Elohim, so we can decide whether they want to come in or if you want to answer them. But first, I want okay. to know how has your your life been changed from working with this energy? Because I know in your book, you talk about the first time you channeled and how it really took a lot out of you. So when they came knocking at the door, were you a willing and open channel for them? Or were you hesitant? What was that experience like?
1: Well, what happened for me was some years ago, about 15 years ago, I was having trouble in my marriage. I was married then. I'm not anymore. And I went to a psychic and just looking for help with my marriage. And he said, you're going to become a channel and you're going to be known around the world. And I was like, dude, I don't want that. I just want help with my marriage. What is this channel known around the world thing? And he went, no, that's what, that's the truth of it. <laughs> so I just set that aside. I was like, whatever. Right. And I'm not interested in that. <laughs> yeah. And then a few years later, I moved to Sonoma where I live now. And, and I had an experience where I was doing a chant with some other ladies from my yoga class, and I got super altered, like way altered. And at the end of the chant, we sat down. I didn't know any of these ladies very well because I just moved to town. We sat down, and a voice came out of my mouth and gave a message to a woman I didn't even know. And then at the end of it said, We are the Elohim, and we are pleased to have been with you today. And I said, Whoa! And even though I knew exactly what was going on, and I wasn't afraid... I started to cry because I felt conspicuous mm-hmm. and I didn't like people looking at me. Mm,
0: yeah, yeah. That's
1: and a, I set it aside again. Talk
0: Rather about vulnerable. I, that's, a, that's the most yeah. vulnerable I can imagine, yeah.
1: Yeah, right? And so I was like, ah. So a couple of years later, a friend of mine calls me up from work and she says, uh, one of my coworkers just walked by and said that my, <laughs> this story always makes me laugh, that my um, biorhythms are off. What a thing to say to someone at work. Your biorhythms are off, and they just keep walking to the toilet. I mean, I just think that's such a funny thing to do. So she called me up. She's like, my biorhythms are off. Can you help me with that? And I said, I don't know anything about biorhythms, but I know about chakras. So why don't we get together, and I'll look at your chakras. So we got together, and we started talking about chakras and tarot and, you know, all the stuff you talk about when when you're into these metaphysical subjects. And then at one point, I just said, you know, there's this channeling thing. That we could try if you want. And she said, okay, let's try that. And I literally sat down and said, I have no idea how to do this, and closed my eyes. And Elohim came in and gave her a message, and then we started doing that every week, and then after about three months, Elohim said, okay, it's not just for the two of you. Get a group together, so we got a group together, and here I am 13 years later.
0: Wow, wow. So you took those small steps that they talked about in the book, not not jumping yeah. you know, from zero to... A hundred, yeah, yeah. Wow. And how did it feel in the body? Was it a, an assault on the body at first, and did you have to get used to it? Yeah. Yeah. A
1: lot of people will say to me, I wish I could be a channel, and I'm like, you know, be careful what you wish for, because <laughs> at think, least yeah. for me, channeling takes a lot out of me, mm. and um, over the years, I've gotten better. Dealing with what it what it requests of me, but still sometimes I can get thrown like the story I just told you mm-hmm. about my friend being and husband being in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I have to really watch my recovery period. I have to book in a lot of recovery period okay. anytime I channel. Um, it makes me tired. Um, I can get kind of like out of sync with my body, out of phase a little bit with my body. and It can take a bit for me to come back to that. So. That's my own personal experience. I know other people that say channeling is the most orgasmic feeling they have, not for me. For mm. me it's very powerful but draining.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, to me it feels like they are they must be such high level energies that to come through this 3D mm-hmm physical being well maybe we should continue talking to you and allow our listeners to go to your because you do some some public channeling can you maybe you should talk about that a little bit you do like weekly yeah. sessions online
1: cool. yeah so I have four public channeling sessions a month and those are all broadcast on the internet so anybody can watch and then I've been doing conference calls that's the new thing we've just added in and then mm-hmm. we have big events several times a year that people can come and you know we all stay at the same place and have channeling events So, and I do private sessions there's lots and lots and lots and lots of ways to be in touch with us I have over 500 YouTube videos more than 20 books Wow. there's tons and tons of ways for people to get connected with our community I'm on Facebook, we have a really vibrant Facebook um, presence so I'd love for folks to, to connect in and and use the tools for themselves because they
0: work mm. that's the
1: greatest thing, is they work yeah. they work really really well and yeah. they're making up new ones all the time, because what they do is they sit down. Someone asks a question at the microphone, and Elohim reads the underlying energy of the question. See, not the surface level, the underlying energy, and then gives the tool to shift the underlying energy, and then everything else shifts. It's really awesome. Mm. So it's really incredible to watch happen
0: too. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, you know, well, sitting we there we a will chair, in order. just a, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just sitting there sort of. I will, uh, we will give your, all of your information in just a few moments, but I have just a couple more questions that are a little more, um, I don't know, just, I'm just curious about this. What do they, the Elohim say about prayer for other people, prayer for others, prayer for, I mean, any kind of prayer?
1: The answer to that question and I don't want to speak for
0: them. Are you sure like that, I, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, of course. Okay, okay, yeah. I would love it. I would be so honored, but yeah, that would be of awesome. course
1: I'd be happy to. And just to point out, when you said are you sure, I checked again with myself. <gasps> oh good. <laughs> and what I did is just so everyone knows, yes. this is what I did, even though it happened really fast. I've got practice at this. Good. You said are you sure? I checked and said, Yes, I booked out time to recover after our call. See, I already checked to know that I wasn't just saying yes because you asked.
0: Oh, that's such good modeling. Thank you for that, Veronica. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I'm going
1: to get Elohim. Okay. So hang on a minute. It'll just take a second because they're just waiting to come. (laughs) Let me get them. Hang on. Ah, hello. Woo, hello.
0: Oh, I'm so happy to speak with you, Elohim. Thank you. This fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, I was talking to Veronica, and and we've been talking about your work with us, and we're so appreciative of of it. But I had a question about prayer, and you know, we we were talking about giving, 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 and not depleting our energy. Can you talk about prayer and how how that fits into that whole scenario? Sure.
1: Okay. Yeah. We have to be really, one of the things we do a lot of is defining, right? Okay.
0: Cause
1: you, what you mean by prayer and what all your listeners mean by prayer could be a thousand million different things, right? Okay. So first, first we have to define. When you're praying, are you praying to a deity to ask for some miracle or transformation or help? Are you praying to your higher self for insight and ahas to support your friend? Are you praying to the universal force, sometimes people just call it the universe, all that is to pay attention to one person? So it matters a lot what you mean by prayer. So why don't you tell us what you mean by it, mm. that way we can address this, what you're asking.
0: Well, I think prayer for me is surrendering to a higher power, the higher power that. Sees all, knows all, is much more uh, wise and omniscient than I am, and asking for direction or asking for um, healing or wisdom or yeah, mm-hmm. so so it definitely sure. is. That's
1: probably a common a mm-hmm. common version of what prayer means. Okay. And in that case, what we would say is our advice is to connect not to the omniscient. But to connect to your infinite self. Okay. So the version of you that's infinite. Some people call it their soul. Some people call it their higher self. This is the way we see it. In the beginning, all that is wanted to know more about itself. So you can to call that God if you like. God wanted to know itself. And the way to know itself was to divide into an infinite number of souls is what we usually call them. And then the souls went out to have every experience that could be had, which is what's currently going on. Some of those experiences are being human, lots of other experiences happening. Then all, at the end, all the souls will return and be one again, and we'll all know what all knows. And then we go into another phase of expansion, but right now we're at the stage of having every experience that can be experienceable. you're currently, a very, very small part of your soul, the infinite nature of you, is being you right now. Being lost about those things too, but it's being you, talking to us, hanging with Veronica. That part of you has access to the infinite nature of you as well, which has a lot of information and a lot of insights and a lot of knowledge. So when we, when we hear people saying they're praying to a larger force than themselves... What we like to do is help you connect more to your infinite nature because that then is something, a relationship you can build on and build on and build on. And it's what you're really here on earth to do anyway. You're here on earth to walk around in the world connected to your infinite nature. Very few people can do this, but that's what we're helping people learn how to do. Once you get past habits and fixing your fears and all that kind of stuff, well, then you have this opportunity to live an expanded life, and that expanded life means connected to your infinite nature but still walking around up earth. We call it monk in the marketplace. Lots and lots of lifetimes are spent becoming the monk in the cave where you meditate all the time, and you don't have a lot of external stimulation, and you connect to your higher self in various ways. We want you to walk in the world emanating, interacting, living, having kids, working, doing whatever you do, but connected to that eternal, infinite part of you. Okay. That's, the, you know, the long-term plan.
0: So by so praying... Is, go ahead. Huh? I was just... Sorry, I, we didn't hear you. By praying for someone and connecting with our yeah. soul, we're not necessarily... Yeah. We're not depleting our... We can't deplete our souls, can we? Cause they're no, con-
1: that's not how it works. Okay. yeah. So so let's say someone you know is... is is unwell in some way. Okay. Right? And it's having a hard time, let's call it. Mm-hmm. So someone you know is having a hard time, and you might pray, in, in, in the previous definition, you might pray hoping that some omnipotent force will pay attention to their plight. What we would love to do is to see that you would connect to your higher self and say, are there any insights you can offer me that can support my friend at this time? And... That emanational model, you'll emanate to your friends, saying, I want you to connect to your infinite self too because there's more to this situation than your human self is realizing. Mm. Mm. So really it's empowering them to connect to their higher self rather than hoping some omnipotent force will come and, and do something for them. Okay. That's always our uh, role. Okay. Right?
0: Yes, I and love that. To
1: support your, yeah, because, because... You don't want to always be dialing nine one one to the to the omnipotent force, right? You mm-hmm. want to be learning and growing and evolving so that you become more like the omnipotent force. Which would be in the human mind, that would be you connected to your infinite infinite self. That'd be like connecting to what people call God.
0: Right. Right.
1: If all of a sudden you had access.
0: Okay, but in, in one of the masters that I I think about a lot when I'm looking for role models is Jesus, and I be- okay. I believe he talked about coming together and the power of coming together. Now, if you have two two whole uh, humans who have worked through their their fears and their habits and they're coming together in prayer, is that as powerful is that powerful, or I mean, does that work well, energetically? I don't even you know how a to ask human it. And, oh.
1: and Jesus is a good example of this. Historically, you know, he's regarded as 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 someone who got past a lot of these habits and was able to see a more expansive way of being human. That's why he could do the miracles, right? Because he right. didn't feel the limitation of the physical world the way typical humans do. So, so when you take a human like that. And instead of connecting with a whole bunch of other humans that haven't figured that out put them in a room with someone who has whew, right the potential mm. becomes explosively amazing so the more people that start to live in this more expansive way that we're working on then we get them together we do this you know we have these meetings where we get together and the energies are very 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 powerful
0: yeah the emanations so, the emanations.
1: You know, what what we, to answer your because we didn't address the prayer part of your last question. If you get people like that in the same room, their emanation alone has has an effect on their surroundings. They don't have to ask an omnipotent being to help affect their surroundings. They can affect their surroundings. It's the red hat thing that you guys talked about earlier, but, you know, on steroids or tons of or whatever you like to call it. It's, that's what we're looking for is to empower you to have this experience of feeling like you walk on the planet in this in this way rather than having to ask for help externally all the time in order to feel safe, secure, in control, like life's not super scary, like you got to fix your fears by asking for someone else to fix them. We want you to know how to empower yourself to transform your fears, mm. transform your habits, and then take your transformed self into another experience, which is what we call homospiritism.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. It's the real
1: deal because not only, you know, we're not talking, see, our gig is this. If we don't make it actionable, who cares? It's just words, right? That's why we have all these tools and we have the levels. You guys didn't talk about that yet, but we have the tools, we have the levels, we have all this stuff that's very actionable. It's very step-by-step because we're not here just to go, you can live as your infinite self on earth. Go forth and do it. That's To us, that's just not okay. That's, that's not helpful. We have, with the help of an amazing community of people who ask questions and be vulnerable and support us grounding this work into the human form, have found ways to make this very step-by-step procedure to where these things become a reality, not just an idea or a notion or an esoteric idea.
0: Okay, okay. That's our style. Do you uh, see see us progressing toward this in a in a more profound way in 2016
1: we see 2016 as being the year of disruption integration transformation so disrupting old patterns okay integrating what that means and then living the transformed state that you experience once you do those two steps that's our 2016 energetic that we see happening And we definitely, we know people, Veronica and other people in our community that are living in these ways that we're describing more and more and more and more as we progress with the teachings. Yeah, it's a real thing. Mm. This isn't
0: just make-believe. It's cool. It is very cool. cool. It is very cool. It's just... (laughs) Well, I am so inspired to be much more of an an emanator. So (laughs) thank you for talking to us, and I will give Veronica's information if you guys want to say any last words before then. Um, That would be awesome if you have anything else to share with us.
1: Sure. So the takeaway, right, an actionable takeaway, that's us. The actionable takeaway is to remember you are a chooser. In every moment, you get to choose how you react to the experience you're having. And by each choice, you create your reality for the next moment. So if nothing else, just take away the notion that I am a chooser. So when the orange juice spills on the kitchen floor, you get to choose how you react to that. Now, you may have an instantaneous reaction. You don't have to keep it. It's just a habit. No requirement. No one's saying you have to be mad. No one's even saying if you've been mad 20 times that you should be mad the 21st time. It might be that you're tempted to be mad, but you don't have to be. Be a chooser.
0: Beautiful. When you're
1: cleaning up the kitchen floor, you're either choosing to be angry and mad and frustrated, or you're choosing to find some fascination in the experience. Beautiful. Everything that you are experiencing is your soul, your non-physical self, doing its absolute best to give you exactly what you need for the transformation you deeply desire.
0: Mm-mm. I'm going to think and about if you're that.
1: Resistance to that, mm. yeah. Mm. If you resist it, then you're going to have a resistance experience. But if you say, "Okay, hang on," I don't know anything. I don't know why I need this, but I'm not going to argue with the fact that it's here. I'm going to choose to interact with it from my most balanced centered self, and then I'm going to have the next moment be created out of a balance-centered aspect of me. So just remember, you are a chooser. Keep choosing. We have dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of tools to help you remember you're a chooser and act on being a chooser because it's a habit to break and habits take time typically.
0: Mm, thank so you. that's
1: why we have all these tools to support you in changing the habits you're in so that they no longer control you. And when they no longer control you, then you have the opportunity to work in this expanded way that we talked about. Mm.
0: Buddha was another one of those masters here on this planet that talked about the attachments or the habits that we need to release to be free in this world. So, it's many of the masters have come to teach us about it. Hopefully this time we can get it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, the nice thing is is that because we've had such good community support, we've been able to come up with all these tools. Yes. And then the tools give you something to rely on. So you just don't have the I shouldn't be habitual and then nothing. Right. Right. You have the, oh, I was habitual. I'm going to use I'm willing. I'm going to use I'm tempted to. I'm going to use what is true now. Those are just some of the tools. Yes. And then you're empowered. See, we're about empowered evolution. We want to empower you so that step by step, you can have the transform life you seek.
0: Beautiful. I love it. Well, thank you so much. The book we were talking about today is Discovering You channeled by Veronica Torres, and that, along with so many of her other resources, are at her website at .com, and it's .com. And she's also available <laughs> for private sessions and lots, lots more. So check her website out. And thank you so much. I don't know if you're back, Veronica, or if we're still with. i Okay, okay. I'm thank, back. Thank you so much. Did I? Did you, did you notice if I left anything out with your your contact information? I don't think so.
1: We are. I, I mentioned earlier that we're on Facebook, so people are on Facebook. They can check in with our Facebook group. It's called Connect with Elhim. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I've got tons of stuff on the website lots of books they're on Amazon you can also order them on my website so please just come around and hang out with very cool I call my community pre-screened cool people
0: pre-screened cool people
1: they're pre-screened cool people I just collected them from around the world and I'm like these are all super cool people come hang out with us and not like in the cool kids club just like cool as in we're we're checking in
0: I know know. exactly what you're talking about yes yeah they yeah.
1: come from that real place so this yeah.
0: has been awesome yeah thank you so much thank for thank you so program. much oh my goodness thank you so much and I'm I'm going to be checking in with my big toe and my heel on a regular basis just to start so thank you so much yeah. for, for all your wisdom and for your your fearlessness in in going there with us I really appreciate it have a beautiful beautiful day namaste Veronica
1: thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure
0: camp 2016 is on. Join us for some true fun in the sun, June 5th through 8, 2016. Take time for yourself at this women-only retreat, designed especially for you. Enjoy sunrise yoga, meditation, hikes on some of the most beautiful trails in the country, great food, relaxing spa treatments, workshops, and the happiest hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona, the iconic luxury boutique Hotel Valley Ho. Optional workshops with Julie Riesler and Connie Bowman will give us all some time to relax, reboot, and reconnect with our joyful selves. Early bird registration begins now. Contact Connie at ConnieBowman.com or Julie at JulieRiesler.com to hold your space. For additional nights at the special Joy Camp rate and spa reservations reserved soon. Full amount due May 1, 2016. See you at Joy Camp.